0: Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and and everyone everyone who loves words. Okay, today we are talking again about musicals following up on our previous episode last week and just talking about a few more. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to let Laura kind of lead the way here. Take awesome. us away, Laura.
1: Um, <laughs> I. What's funny is as I was like approaching this, yeah. I was trying to figure out like what to hold on to because there's definitely so many there's different so much
0: we could talk about, ways.
1: Right. Yeah, but I think some of the ones that we're going to talk about today in comparison last week was a lot of the ones that personally mean a lot to us um, and that we've seen and like, yeah, together, but today we're going to do a few more that are like more well-known and Mm -hmm. kind of looking at some of the storytelling within them and what, why I think even they, they do what they do so well and why they're so Mm -hmm. celebrated. But I wanted to start with one that we didn't talk about last week. Um, and it's actually the first musical I think we were both in together. And it's Fiddler on the Roof. Um yeah. because it needs talking about. Um, it's such a beautiful kind of tragic story. Yeah. But in between, like in between those moments, there's so many just beautiful little spots of yeah. of kind of joy of of the simplicity and the beauty in the everyday and mm-hmm. the ritual tradition yeah it's some celebration there. of
0: like family and community and
1: yeah yes and it's amazing how even amongst all the little moments that are very sad and this this kind of point that starts at the high point, which we don't feel like it's the high point, because yeah. it's like we're just scraping out our lives, like a fiddler on the roof. But there's just so much beauty in it, that by the time you get to Anna Tefka, which mm-hmm. I just rewatched, so I'm like, borderline <laughs> about to cry. Um, it It really, it makes that song hit so hard home, because they don't have much, but what they have actually matters an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And it makes that end sequence just even being in it, I remember like having this overwhelming sense of just loss. Mm. So we're all walking away and like going mm. our separate directions. And I just thought it was something that kind of felt important to kind of bring out that even if you're telling a story that does end down, like find those little moments of magic, even mm. in the everyday that are in there to kind of keep it from being like make just, yeah, yeah, feel elevated and beautiful. And I think we did that so well.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a great example of that.
1: One of the things I really wanted to bring out too, um, we, we talked about how sometimes with verses that they start, they kind of set a pattern and break the pattern, Mm -hmm. um, with a complete like new, um, explanation for what it is they're saying. We talked about that last week when talking about The Secret Garden. But today I wanted to talk about the word reprise. Mm. And I looked it up to see what the meaning is. Because a lot of the shows we're gonna be talking about do have amazing reprises. Um, It's the act of taking back or Mm. taking up again. Mm. And so many shows do this so well. They have a song. And I'm going to actually grab Wicked as an example. They have a song called I'm Not That Girl. Um, First act. Elphaba sings it. I'm not that girl. And she's singing about all the ways she is not like Glinda. And then you have a swap in act two. You actually have Glinda, who's who's dropped the gun, singing the song about Elphaba. And it's this mm-hmm. beautiful moment of change and difference. Yes, they're kind of talking about Fierro, but it's also kind of like the differences between the two of them, yeah. who they are and what they've stood for. And it's, it's such a beautiful, just little transitional moment that... Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, like, helps us see those differences between them and actually why Fierro makes the choice that he makes.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. I think it's really important with that. Like, you bring up such a good point with the
0: difference. Like, because it,
1: mm.
0: when you can repeat something and still make it different, like, you have to just be so careful, I think, as a storyteller. Yes. Because you don't want to get repetitive. But when you can, call back the reader to something it can make something hit home a little bit more or stick in the, yes. the reader or you know audience's mind um and so it can be a really powerful tool or yes. rhetorical device almost but you have to just be so careful with it and it, yes exactly you have to do that you have to change it a little bit or flip it on its head whatever yes. it is in order to make it um hit a little bit differently the
1: next time it absolutely has to have that new meaning, whatever it is. And and I'd say musicals do that so well, where all of a sudden something that maybe felt throwaway. And I love it when they do that, especially with a piece of lyric that felt like it didn't really have meaning. Mm. And they all of a sudden give it meaning. It, yeah. They like almost bring it to life in a new and interesting way. Yeah. And I, I think there's a power with that of even with a throwaway line that then you give that, like all of a sudden it hits home and you're like, oh, mm. um, I love those moments and yeah. musicals do them so very well. Do you mind if we go into wicked since we, <laughs> if we brought it up? Cause I think, I think wicked also has another um, gift to kind of, give to us and that's it has the overwhelming gift of dramatic irony everywhere. <laughs> like like if you listen to the I mean even the title itself of wicked is yeah. completely wrong. And the opening sequence which is no one mourns the wicked is completely by the end subverted. Mm-hmm. But there's a song called The Wizard and I. And it's this beautiful song that Alpha was singing about, like her hope when she meets the wizard. And there's all these great lines of like, when people see me, they'll scream. And it's like this beautiful, like her meaning is is one way. And yet we have a second meaning because we know where the story is going. Yeah. But what the authors did really well is even though we think we know where the story is going, they give us enough to kind of have an idea where it's going, where we think it's going to end. And then they play a magic trick with us and we get to see the actual ending. It's, it's like Stephanie Garber's, when she's like the almost ending, like we get an almost ending and then it's like magic trick. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's, it's playing into what we expect and subverting it in a wonderful way.
0: Yeah. I was just talking with a writer friend about this, the, the The idea of like giving the reader something to anticipate. So letting them know mm-hmm. in some ways, like what's coming, you want to like give them yes. enough of a like knowledge of what's coming that they can anticipate it and hope for something or fear mm-hmm. something or worry about something. Yes. And, and yet when you can <laughs> do that and then give them a surprise yes. or some little like subversion at the end, like that's really when um w- the books that stay with us you know I managed to do both yes. of those things because if everything is just surprise and I have nothing to anticipate then I, I don't yes. care about the book I'm not gonna, I'm gonna put it down um unless maybe I really right. love the characters but even then it's not likely for me um but if you can anticipate something and then also be surprised yes. that's really that's the
1: sweet. yes point. I think that's a great point about twists like twists that come out of nowhere and that don't have anything that's been tugging us along. Yeah. Like we need the anticipation or the dread or whatever is yeah. like that emotion that's pulling us along is so important. And well, then doing the magic trick, then yeah. doing the twists. Well, and readers even love being right. Like we want to guess, yes.
0: we want to hypothesize <laughs> and like, you know, and, and we love when we can actually get it right and then also get it wrong. Like that's,
1: that's so yes. good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that leads me to a, there's a musical called Hades Town, and I've talked about it before several times here. And what's amazing about this show is if you listen to the first song, you know where the show is going. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to go there, but you know where it's going. Yeah. But the end is not the end. They have a reprise at the very, very end that then puts things in perspective and tells you like the whole point is not what you thought the whole point was. Mm. And it is, they hit you with all the emotion of the actual end Mm -hmm. and then continue it on. And it's amazing. There's this, there's the, um, a recording of it that I saw with the original actor who played Hermes Uh and he actually like draws out the silence in that scene Mm. so far and it's uncomfortable like (laughs) in a good way because you're sitting with what happened he kind of forces you to not move on too quickly from it Mm. and it's a beautiful way of kind of both honoring that but then giving it additional meaning it kind of leans in gives us a strong like long extra a little bit excruciating beat with Mm -hmm. something and I also recently was talking about the ballad of never after and I'm not going to give away what it is but I think she does the same thing like she Mm -hmm. makes you sit with something for a beat almost too long and you're Mm like oh but (laughs) it's that that's delicious right like those moments where they force you to have that emotion and then you get and this, yeah, and and when that punchline, which they've been working towards the entire time, lands, it has just this great potency to it. Yeah, um, it's just delightful. And <laughs> <laughs> that show is actually an interesting one because you get to see the original concept album <laughs> and the actual what is on Broadway Hmm. Um, this one was under work for 10 years like they workshopped it and workshopped it and you can see how things changed grew adjusted interesting I did some research and then there's this place that at the end everyone's like why didn't end it this song like why didn't end here because the emotion feels more like it should go into intermission right after this song and she said that she actually purposefully kept it in there because there's a line at the end after this other song like a huge song is called wait for me it's amazing it's like you know it's like defying gravity it's one of those that you're like yes it's intermission time to reveal (laughs) But it goes into another song but she did it because she wanted this line that said anybody want a drink and then it cuts <laughs> and goes into an intermission and it's hilarious because everyone <laughs> wants a drink <laughs> i i love that she realized that the beats felt a little like it felt a little long but she was like this is where i want to cut it i'm mm-hmm. going to like keep that song in because it means something and it's important and we'll end on that and then go in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved that. I thought it was a weird, yeah. funny story. <laughs> so I I know both of us have seen Phantom of the Opera and Les Maze mm-hmm. a decent number of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going back through and thinking of Phantom. And I, I don't know if you had any songs that kind of stuck with you from that show that you enjoy. It's been a really but, long time since I listened to yeah. that. I
0: always, I mean, this is the other thing. Like, I'm really yeah. You're this question at me. I'm like,
1: I don't remember the title. So I, just,
0: I just can like see it in my head. <laughs> They're like down in the like, underground.
1: Parking, it, it, like you know? all I ask of you, um, <laughs> yeah. the the of the Opera, um, the like music the of the night. That's the... what it is. Oh, like, yes, yeah, I love
0: that
1: one. <laughs> Well, and it's so powerful. It's such a, because even though he's horribly, like he's such a horrible character in many ways, like, but he's a horrible character that you understand. Like he's doing all these terrible things, but you are forced to understand all of the why. Yeah. And to see also the best of him, right? Like that song is like this beautiful creation from the mind of, of really a monster. Mm-hmm. And it makes us sit with that discomfort a lot. Yeah. And, and I think allow for complicated feelings about the the character as well. I yeah. I think even as you go towards the ending, like what you're hoping for is really complicated and layered because yeah. you do have pity. You do like Christine have some sort of kind of empathy for this character, even though he cannot win. Yeah. And I kind of like that it forces us to sit with that. I I like, even though Christine doesn't get a chance to speak for herself often, like yeah. her words are given to her so much. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's this weird piece of music it's part of like the notes reprise it's called twisted every way and she finally gets to say like how she feels about this and it's just this little piece of music that somehow has stuck with me over time it's just Mm -hmm. really beautiful simple but it says you know like what answer can I give like Am I to risk my life to win the chance to live? Mm. And and it's like all the things, like the complicated feeling like she's betraying someone, but fighting for her freedom. It's it's such an interesting piece of music. Yeah. And I, I just love it. Um, yeah. the little detail to it. I think that's a great point though, with like um
0: ambiguous, morally gray characters, like we will root for them if we understand mm. them. <laughs> Yeah. and it's so important as a writer to like remember that you have to make them understandable. Um yes, and their motives not only believable but like that we could see even ourselves going there if we, you know, like yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And and that actually brings us to um Dear Evan Hansen, which is a Justin Paul and Benj Pasek musical. Um same guys who did The Greatest Showman, who did um let's see, Dogfight, La La Land. It's this show about someone, a guy with high anxiety who basically gets trapped in kind of this Mm -hmm. lie of there's a younger boy, um, someone his age in high school who ends up committing suicide and he Mm -hmm. has stolen Evan Hansen's letter. Um, So it looks... From the outside observer, it looks like it's his suicide letter, even though it's Evan Hansen's letter. So then he has to, in order to hide one secret, he has to build this huge mountain of lies. And you you understand exactly why. Like They do such a great job of showing you that he's doing the wrong thing. And at one point, he does a truly terrible thing. But you understand him the entire way through, mm-hmm. and they do a great job of, by the end, he has to like face the full brunt of that lie. Mm-hmm. and it, it's awkward as heck. like you're crying and it's 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 a very emotionally drawn out s- scene song. But I think it's so important that we are on his side the entire yeah. time. Like we have to see every up and down and every reason for why he's doing what he's doing. And they do it in such a way that actually keeps them, it keeps you up and down too. Like it doesn't just keep you in the dumps. Right. So it Again, it's an, a magic trick of like emotion and tone and yeah. being able to keep it going up and down rather than just driving you straight into the ground. And, but yeah. it definitely leads you on the floor for those last two songs. And then you kind of get this hopeful up um, at the very end, but they do it so well in showing a character that is complicated, layered, that you can appreciate and you can even think, oh, what would I have done yeah. in that same, in that same moment, because it is understandable. It's one mm-hmm. of those that you have the difficulty of being like, that's a lie that I could have told, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Which is important, so making characters yeah. relatable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And going back to Le um, mm-hmm. I know that we both probably have spent a lot of time singing from the cast recordings. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the one of the first songs that I remember ever singing to myself was that I dreamed a dream of yeah. that that beautiful. It's this just gorgeous song that that starts out in just this beautiful hopeful place and then by the end it kind of shifts you into a different a completely different key and it is gut wrenching but and I think this is Le Miz throughout the entire thing (laughs) that's like in one song the description (laughs) of all of Le Miz is it is the most beautiful like gut wrenching show yeah Totally. If you want to just sit and, like, cry and then laugh and then cry some more, like, May this is your show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's definitely up there in my favorites. I think that's such a good point, though. Like, like that song, the dynamics are so... Um they build so well and taking yeah. you from like point A to point B. And, and I think that's true in a lot of the music there in that, like that, the dynamics of that show, that, that those ups and downs and the emotional yeah. builds are really amazing in those songs. And I, I think it's an interesting thing as writers to think about even on a, like on a scene level, you know, cause that's essentially what a song is in a musical. It's a scene. Um, how can you start your character and your audience in one place and then build to another place that has some like almost a climax even within the scene.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And with a show with so many characters. Yeah. You don't have a lot of time in order to show their stories. Yeah. And so you get a lot of those like one scenes where you get mm-hmm. who this person is and everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the actors, and I loved this, it was an interview that was talking about the song One Day More and mm. how powerful that song is. And what he yeah. was saying is, I think it's so powerful because there's so many I want in that song and they conflict. Yeah. Like, no, they can't all get what they want. Yeah. So you have to, like, you're forced into choosing like who you're rooting for. Yeah. And it's not conflict, because, like that's what we yes. need in stories it's what pulls us in. Yes, and and I think also like there are there are some amazing characters who, once you've seen the show, you know they're not going to get what they want. Like you, you know. I don't care. I love these characters so Absolutely. much. They're still like, sitting there and watching. You know, Angel Raz and, yeah. and Eponine, and yes. you're you're like go like (laughs) i love that but i love that they make those characters someone once said if you're going to if you're going to sorry spoiler if you're going to kill off characters make living as amazingly beautiful as possible Mm. for those characters and i loved that advice because these are probably the most you know they're the most interesting characters really throughout it yeah. the ones that die and and they do it so well of making us care fontaine as well yeah jean valjean they do it so well and then when each one of those hits it has that power behind it is that we feel that but i love how at the very end they kind of transcend it then like Mm -hmm. they transcend the death and I think that you kind of have to. Part, with that. There's
0: so much yeah. death and like just people's yes. stories ending in these tragic, horrible. Right.
1: Moments. <laughs> like, if we just it's,
0: ended at that, it would be horrible.
1: <laughs> it is that beautiful moment where they yeah. kind of the all joining hands and the like do you hear the people sing and and the giving voice to this these characters that we've lost giving them back to us in a yeah. way but also kind of in that land that never dies yeah. it it's a an amazing way of doing it and i've always loved the fact that there's kind of that integration that that um Introduction to it that's led by Fontine and Eponine. You got to see them come back out and sing this beautiful piece of music and then kind of guide him in. It's just a beautiful, resonant moment. I think they. It gives me goosebumps every time. It's perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally agree. I, I really like, I would be singing it and I could never really get to the point that's like, and remember the truth that once was spoken to love another person is to see the face of God. Like it's almost like too much, like my brain like snaps. Um, but it is it's it is beautiful. It's so weighted with all this beautiful emotion. And at the end you feel wrong, but it's like they leave it on this hopefulness, like this mm. feeling of hope, yeah. um, which I think is amazing. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: I think just, I hadn't really thought of this before, but I think Lime is also is a really good example of interiority like writing characters. Mm-hmm. Interiority. I mean, other musicals, I mean, all musicals have a like there's the songs are often the character's thoughts, but some musicals yes. have much more of like interact like Hamilton, you know, like there's scenes happening, yeah. there's characters interacting with each other. And a, a lot of blame is is one person or two people like singing their interiority. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's so, it's such powerful, like inner thoughts and dialogue. And there's so much Inner conflict within each of the characters, um, yes, and within their own. Like, not only is there conflict between them and they can't all get what they want, but even mm. inside of them, there's so much conflict, um, yes, and uncertainty about what what choices they'll make or things like that.
1: Yes, like and it, can I just say javert is a great example. Like from stars to his yeah, end, it's so good. It, it gives you just so much of his mindset. Who he is, why he can't accept certain things, and then why when kind of his world view is challenged he is willing to just end himself. It is such a such an interesting look into that kind of black and white character and they it does such a great job of showing all that and and of what the changes over time do to him, of when he's push to actually challenge but when he like stands firm as well in those in between scenes it is it is expertly done absolutely yeah
0: well and black and white characters are hard to pull off too because they yes. can come off really flat you know because they are black and white and they just can yes. come off like that on the page too and that yes. is one that really manages to to pop like to really feel um yeah. fully developed even in his in
1: his thinking yeah yeah and, and i think it is that they dig in deep with him and we understand there's a throwaway line where he says i am from the gutter too and you understand yeah. all of a sudden a piece of his puzzle that you didn't knew be- know before yeah there's two more i'd like to talk about and i will i will get to hamilton um but first i just wanted to say we talked about Wearing distinctive hats before, and it would be wrong to not mention. Um, Come from a way where you have characters. It's a short musical. It's about an hour and a half, I think, May- maybe hour and forty-five minutes. Um, each it it takes place in the in the town of Gander. Um, the the day is September eleventh, and it's all these flights were. <laughs> diverted when the US airspace was closed. So you have all of these people coming to this little town in Canada. It's a huge airport that used to, like, hoppers that went over the Atlantic had to fuel there before they went across. Mm -hmm. But when flights, you know, airplane technology grew, it kind of just was closed down. So this town grows, like, like, the population is about 7,000 and it grows to about like 15,000 by all these people that they had to take in. It is the weirdest, but most beautiful, complicated layered experience. I think there's about 10 actors and they're putting on hats and sweaters and taking them off and changing accents. And it is a beautiful way to kind of see how You can differentiate your characters Mm because we don't they don't lose us once like we get who these characters are, even though they're probably playing about five to six different characters throughout the course of the musical. It's amazing. It's it's a it is a master class in that differentiating characters from just little details. It sounds like it. I haven't
0: heard of that one, but yeah, that sounds fascinating
1: come from away it is good and it (laughs) will make you laugh and cry it's one of those that it starts off with a bang and it gives you like all these beautiful funny heartfelt moments throughout and it's based on true stories which is amazing um yeah it's a good one so hamilton like (laughs) you can't not talk about hamilton it would be wrong (laughs) and i i think Hamilton is a masterclass in storytelling because (laughs) you know we talk about having the kind of a bunch of different feelings and tones in something. Mm -hmm. It does that so well but it also transitions us into them so well. You kind of have the, the character of Aaron Burr leading us into all these different moments and it's kind of crazy to think of like you have a show that literally can go from like not throwing away one shot to like dear Theodosia to then you have kind of wait for it and then you have there's um Washington song of one last time uh, it is. <laughs> it's basically Washington's last speech and it's, you know, teach them how to say goodbye. And it's, it's this amazing, like you're sitting here being like in any other show, this would be the standout number, but it's just such a crazy show that it's like, (laughs) it gets lost (laughs) in in everything, but it's Mm -hmm. just beautifully done. And I think it's also important. There's two songs that are like hooked together called, um, helpless and satisfied and i find it fascinating so Mm -hmm. the reason why it's done in the order that it is is helpless comes first we have all this hopefulness this kind of beautiful romantic connection and it's all like this positivity and then all of a sudden we we go into satisfied and it flips it actually reverses everything and gives it to us again from someone mm-hmm. else's perspective, um, from Angelica's, it is crazy. Even the cat like the choreography is backwards. It actually flips like some of the flipping is backwards to I didn't that. what came before Co- choreography is the same in places. It is some of the same dialogue, but it uh-huh. hits differently because it's through her perspective. Yeah. It is. It would not work if it was the other way around. And I loved that mm. the order of what, how you tell the story, absolutely matters. Like absolutely. it all comes yeah. together to tell this next part. Yeah, and it is that reaction, but it's told over again. I I just find that fascinating. Yeah,
0: it's such a good lesson in perspective too. Like the oh, yes. power of, of how changing your perspective can change what the the reader or the audience is feeling or thinking about a particular scene yeah and you're absolutely right like choosing that order in some ways as storytellers we're um, emotion manipulators you know yeah. <laughs> like, we, we are, are. <laughs> That's like, to manipulate the audience's emotion and it, you're right if that, those were flipped the audience wouldn't feel the same thing. You wouldn't be yes. playing with their emotions as much. And yes. we kind of want our emotions to be played with, right? Like, when we're going into a show or, like... Yeah.
1: Well, and we wouldn't... We It would, it would dilute helpless. Yeah. Because we'd already know a piece of information. We wouldn't be able to feel it in the same yeah. way. Yeah. And it's funny how it still hits fresh. Each time I watch it, like, I know Satisfied is coming. Right. But... But the actress playing Eliza always sells that so much that you're right yeah. there with her. <laughs> I just, I think that's incredible. And I do think it's incredible to have, you know, everything from you'll be back, like, with King George, which is just all joy. And, like, you're laughing and yes. enjoying it. And then, like, you're going into, I think it's called... um. I think it's called quiet uptown which is towards the end of the show and it is literally like one of the most emotional songs in the entire piece and it's it is heartbreaking Th- that then leads us to the end yeah. and I'm, I'm not giving away the end by saying this if 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 anyone has only ever listened to the con like con- the album cast album um, Disney Plus has the yeah. full musical on and the end is so it is so different when you see it staged. It's mm-hmm. so different when you can see there's actually a part that they don't include in the co- concept album at all mm-hmm. and it's the very like the last second of the show which is one of the parts that most people talk about when they talk about the show and what it means mm-hmm. and, and also there's a part of stage direction where there's a character that's standing in the middle and all the other characters recede from that character highlighting that character front and center and i'm not going to say who the character is um, <laughs> for those that haven't seen it watch it it is i think it then tells yeah. you the punchline of the show in those moments like those moments give you what this show is is ultimately about. Um, and that's part of the song, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells a Story, yeah. which takes themes, if you like look at the lay motifs, to go a little bit into music theory. <laughs> um, it steals little places, parts from a lot of different places, like there's a point in the show called Burn, and you have some words being taken from there and put in. And then you have oh, the part that says Um there earlier in the show in Act One, there's who lives, who dies, who tells your story. That was pulled in. Yeah. They're pulling in pieces, all these different parts from the show and putting it into one song so that it ha- gives this cohesiveness. Yeah. Um, Almost like a different sort of gorgeous. refrain. Yeah. Yes. Like a reprise, but it's not. Reprise, like it's yeah. creating it's creating a new song with bits and pieces of what's come before it. And it is choice and beautiful. And I think it makes it, it have so much more impact, especially if you're familiar with the words that have come before. Um, But even if you just know the melodies, I think you still feel that, that all of a sudden we're seeing the end result of all that. And it absolutely hits. Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, so many fun musicals, so many fun things to go watch and see and listen to. We (laughs) hope that you keep learning from all different kinds of stories. There are so many things that musicals can teach us that you keep reading and writing and putting your work out into the world. Thanks for joining us.